Dale Benz. At his death, he was the oldest member of this congregation, which means, I suppose, technically, he had plenty of time to make enemies. I have never heard of one. Dale is remembered as being a pillar of this congregation for years, present in the pew where he and Mary Gail sat every Sunday, unless there was a very good reason not to be at Gloria Day on a Sunday. He's remembered as being a leader of this congregation, including serving as church council chairman on more than one occasion, including serving as church council chairman in 1962 and three, the years in which this church's previous structure were burned down by an arsonist, and this current structure was then built, Dale was on the committee that oversaw the building of this building. But Dale, and this is true about Mary Gale too, though I did not know her, um, people talked about them oftentimes as Dale and Mary Gale. They're remembered around here above all as just being salt of the earth, kind and generous, servant-hearted, faithful people, the kind of people that are deeply missed in the church For two ways, really, people like that are missed, first of all, with this hole of grief in hearts, and that hole can't be soon filled. But people also like that, they leave holes in the life and ministry of a church and roles they played around here that others have had to step up and fill, and and even now, that's again true and more so. And those things are true for families as well. In times like this, some will say to themselves, my goodness, he lived so many years, I shouldn't be sad. Well, that's just not how it works. Living all those years means that for a whole lot of years, every single year of your entire life, in many cases, he has been there. He's been part of your life. And he loved you, and you loved him, and goodbyes to people that you love hurt. And they hurt even people who believe. And as too, as one generation leaves and another steps to take its place, there are likewise holes in family systems and family life that others among you now need to step up and fill. I've been at Gloria Day for 16 months, and so I, uh, I didn't know the Dale who was able to get here every Sunday morning. But we have a little sub-congregation over there at Oak Knoll, and we gather for communion. And, and uh, either Vilda or Ethel would always make sure that Dale knew about it and got there. And uh, plus, I visited him in the hospital a number of occasions. And then um, I started visiting him at the apartment. Vilda told me, don't just knock and walk in. And uh, I did that, and I think every single time I did, when I knocked and walked in and took a left and then right into that back room, uh, he was sleeping every single time. And, and I would say, hey, Dale, and, and he would wake up, he would sit up, he would smile, he would shake my hand, and he'd say, Pastor, it's nice to see you. And then later I'd go back to my office and I would say, that Dale Benz is such a nice man. Probably the most memorable time I visited Dale in his apartment was on uh, Christmas Eve, Eve, December 23, Last year, it's kind of a busy time in the church, but I had great pastor mentors who taught me how important church is at Christmas time, not just to the crowds who will throng there, but also to those who used to and can't anymore. Dale couldn't anymore. And so I stopped to see him that day. He was sleeping. I said, Dale, hey, Dale. He woke up, he smiled, he shook my hand. He said, Pastor, it's nice to see you. 
I told him I couldn't stay long because I couldn't stay long. It really is a busy time around here, but I told him that since I knew he couldn't get to Christmas worship at church, I wanted to bring Christmas church to him. And so I sang him a couple of Christmas carols. I read the Bible's Christmas story. We picked up the daily devotional book that was on the table beside his couch there, and we read the daily devotional reflection for that day. I gave him communion. We sang Silent Night, and then I had to go. He was so grateful. He said, uh, you can't imagine how much it means to me that you stopped by here today. And he thanked me. And he thanked me again. It is hard to explain. So I've given up trying to explain to people that really I'm the one who's grateful in those times because, you know, there's things, there are annual meetings and things that you can do or do without as a pastor. But those kind of visits, I get to do things like that. And I'm the one who's grateful. But it's hard to explain that. So I said, thank you, Dale, and Merry Christmas. Vilda, I think you're the one who delivered this to me the next day. Um, It's a... It's an NIV version of the Life Application Bible that says the Bentz family on the front, and there's a handwritten note on the inside. 122316. Dear Pastor Dykstra, in recognition and appreciation of the most meaningful, wonderful, and unexpected visit this afternoon before the Christmas Eve service, he goes on, you, you may be familiar with this publication. Is he a librarian or what? (laughs) You may be familiar with this publication or similar published works. (laughs) I would like to present it to you for whatever use it may be. It belongs in the hands of an active religious leader. Thank you for your visit. Dale. First of all, I would like to say that in spite of Dale's wishes, if there is a member of the Bentz family who would like to have this, it would be my joy to give it to you. Second of all, I would like to say that if it remains on my shelf, I will, I will honor it. I will remember Dale every time I see it. Third of all, I would like to say that I am happy to make copies, but I'm going to keep the note. It's, uh, it's just so Dale, I think. He didn't need to give me anything. He didn't need to send a thank you note. He'd already thanked me effusively, but he gave and he said thank you anyway, even though it wasn't necessary. Makes me think with gratitude to God for people like Dale who make God's world kinder by being kind. They make God's world more generous by being generous in ways they wouldn't have to be and in ways that in many cases nobody even knows about because they don't sound any trumpets when they do them. And they aren't looking for recognition or applause, but those little things, those kind little things, those generally unknown by others and therefore not applauded little things make God's world and the lives of others kinder and gentler and better. I'm going to hang this note in my office uh, above my computer where I'm often too busy to be kind. And uh, I'm going to ask this note every time I look at it. I've asked it to ask me. Is there a thing, a little thing that you could do today? And you wouldn't have to, but it would be kind. And you could do it, or you could say it. I want to keep that question before me, not just in memory of Dale, but also because 
Well, remember how I said that there are holes that people leave and we need to step in and fill them? Losing Dale, the world took a little bit of a hit out of its kind basket. There's kind of a hole. And I invite you to join me in helping to fill that. Because God knows these days, maybe more than ever, the world could show you. Here's a little more kindness, couldn't it? Speaking of kindness and making the world better, after Dale died, uh, Sundale gave me what he was pretty sure was the last check his father had ever written. And he had done so just a couple of days earlier when, I mean, we're in the time now where he and we really all do know that, that he's dying. Check was a little hard to read, uh, but it was a joy to read. It was for $50. It was made out to Gloria Day Lutheran Church. And the memo line indicated Dale's desire that it be used in Gloria Day's ongoing efforts to feed the hungry. Which is probably part of why he liked Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Tell you what, folks, I can't preach a sermon that preaches as good as that, as that check preaches, I think. Even being in the process of dying, Dale didn't stop thinking about others and their needs. Reminds me of another who, dying on a cross, thought not of himself, but of others. Not with the gift of a check, but with the gift of his all. And the words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he, Jesus, died. But he died to rise again come Easter's dawn. And he did so, at least this is what he promised. He did so so that we who must one may die, day die and who must probably before then say goodbyes to lots of loved ones who die, we can do so trusting that in him, though death can and does wound us, it does not have what it, it, does not have what it takes to take away our hope. For do you remember how he put it? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Last time I saw Dale was the day before he died. He had been moved into a bigger room at Oak Knoll where family could be with him and wait with him. Kind of felt like Advent to me. We were waiting for Jesus to come. He was alone just for a short moment at that time. He was sleeping seemingly very comfortably and gently I said, Hey, Dale. And then I said it again. And this time, unlike those times, he didn't wake up and sit up and smile and shake my hand and thank me for coming, but that was okay because it was time. Time for the one to wake him up who would be not me or you or nurses or aides, but Jesus, his Lord and his Savior, who the very next day did exactly that. He came to Dale's room and Dale was sleeping Again, comfortably. And I'm imagining now, but that doesn't make it wrong. I'm imagining that, oh, so gently in that moment, he said, hey, Dale. And Dale opened his eyes and said, Jesus, it's good to see you. And then Jesus said, oh, my dear child, you haven't seen anything yet. And then he walked him home. No walker no cane needed. 
Back to the Bible, there's a post-it note in it. I suppose libraries go through, librarians go through post-it notes. I don't know if this was old, if he meant me to find it, you to find it. It doesn't really matter what the note says. This is a very brief post-it note, cut to the chase, librarian kind of language. It says three words. Psalm 46, favorite. Psalm 46, favorite, is a psalm of trust in God's strength and presence and love for us, even as things bigger than us, unsettling things, fearful things even, are happening around us. Its favorite words include these words, God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in time of trial. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though mountains shake, though waters roar and foam. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city. It shall not be moved. God will come to it when morning dawns. And then in Psalm 46, favorite, God speaks, saying, Be still and know that I am God. And then Psalm 46, favorite, ends with these words. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Sisters and brothers, Dale's dear ones, family and friends, the Lord of hosts is with you. Go ahead and cry. That is just fine. When Paul says grieve not as those who don't have any hope, he doesn't mean don't grieve. He means don't be hopeless while you grieve. It's a way different process. Go ahead and cry. Tears are healing. But don't be afraid. Trust him and entrust Dale unto him. And one day you'll be the one to wake and see the dawn and see dear, kind Dale again. Dale, whom I can only imagine will either be sitting with Mary Gale or sitting at his desk in Heaven's library, organizing, administrating, and writing thank you notes. Thanks be to God. Amen.